Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. Today, we're discussing a new and welcome approach to selling, heart-based selling. The traditional high-pressure sales approach is becoming obsolete. Consumers seek genuine human connections with those they buy from. Heart-based selling involves building customer relationships, offering solutions to achieve goals, and being honest and transparent, which is a new thing, I think. In this interview, we'll discuss how to sell in a way that feels good to you and to your customers and how to use authenticity to close more deals. So stay tuned until the end for a special gift from our guest. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. And again, welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine coach and founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Group. I'm dedicated to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. So I'm excited to welcome our guest, Jana Nixa, spelled J-A-N-A-N-I-K-S-A. She just corrected me on that, Jana Nixa. I think a lot of people get that wrong, and that's why I'm spelling it out. Jana Nixa is a transformational mindset coach and sales expert, and she's passionate about helping female entrepreneurs and other entrepreneurs, I think, because she's helped me succeed. (laughs) Jana Nixa is the authentic sales coach. She has sold millions to her in her over 20-plus year sales career as a top-performing sales executive, and her primary strategy was never doing it the way they told her to do it, which I like. Now she mentors, and now she mentors visionary entrepreneurs who don't resonate with the traditional approach with sales and marketing, how to light the rules on fire, mix the woo and the do, in other words, bend reality, and do it your way to create your ultimate success. Now I met Jana in a mastermind uh, group just a few weeks ago, and uh, we uh, we had a little chat before the show. And uh, gosh, we we have a lot of things in common because that whole sleazy selling stuff just doesn't fit doesn't fit me. And authenticity, when everyone when someone talks talks about authenticity and being transparent, I I lean in because I want to know 
what others are doing in that way. And, you know, people who, who attempt to be authentic sometimes really aren't, and it's disingenuous. And I think you know what that feels like. And, and we don't want that in our sales process. So Jana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. And I do want to say, you know, it's funny, the female entrepreneur thing, right? Yeah. Um, more and more, because I talk about it's more feminine, it's more heart centered and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I have more and more men joining every day because I it's not about like, boy, girl, it's about like, you know, going into the heart and that more feminine energy. And I think, you know, a lot of men are really feeling into that too. You know, it's not just that get them back them into a corner, that masculine push, which is great in certain things, but, but really when it comes to sales, we have to, we have to really do it in an entirely different way. If we want to be successful, not to mention comfortable. In the process. <laughs> I think that, you know, I think maybe the reason that men are, are leaning into that is because of that comfort level. And they just, a lot of them are, uh, you know, critical thinkers and they're coaches and they're, they're really highly creative and uh, they, they, they don't feel like they're salespeople and they don't, they, they have that, which we're going to cover in a little bit, that stereotype of, of the sleazy salesperson. And, and they don't want to be that, but guess what, folks, we're all in sales. Everyone's in sales. You're selling to your kids, you're selling to your parents, you're selling to your to your relatives, to your boss, to your coworkers. Uh, you're always convincing uh, people uh, to, to see it your way. I mean, that's just the way it works. And so um, using your heart first and uh, being authentic is sounds like a great way to go. So Jana's going to tell us all about it. So how did you... I know you've had a long career in sales and we talked before the show and, and I know this story, but just so our listeners can understand kind of what was the, the genesis of this realization. And you said, I don't, I don't want to do it the way that they're telling me to do. So can you, can you go back a little bit and just cover a little bit about that? <laughs> yes. So there is a story there, right? Yeah. So I was one of those very fortunate people right out of college to get a dream sales job in a fortune 500 company, you know, all of the things, all of the perks. And, yeah. you know, with that comes like months of training, right? If anybody out there is listening, who's been in those companies, like they don't take that stuff lightly. It's not yeah. like read this manual. Here you go. You know, so we're all going, I think it was three months worth of sales training. <clears throat> excuse me, before we could even talk to anybody. And so, you know, I'm trying to take all of this in and I'm not really resonating with it, but I'm thinking, you know, they know better than I do, right? They spend millions, if not more on this sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm just going to go with it. And so after I get out, I get out in the field and I am a fish out of water. I am so uncomfortable. I'm doing the message you know, and going in there and I'm handling objections. And for any other salespeople out there, I'm ABCing, which is always be closing. Yeah. And I absolutely hated it. I cried almost daily. I was getting nowhere. And this went on and on and on because I am an action taker. I'm one of those people that's like, okay, I, you know, eventually <laughs> this is going to work. But right. I was hating every minute of it, which is a big thing that I talk about with my clients, but hopefully we'll get to that. And that is like, 
it's not what you do, but who you are. And if you're not liking it, it's not going to go well. And so long story short, um, a hurricane, unfortunately, ended up hitting my territory. And this was a few years into my career. And I, I lost like a lot of my customers, they, they lost their um, offices, they lost their houses, like, it was a, it was a tough time, like half yeah. of my territory was pretty much wiped out. And so at that point, even though it was a terrible thing that happened, and it was right before a big launch, of course, it, but what it would enabled me to do was I remember sitting in my car and I was like, well, I could look at this as a good thing or a bad thing, right? Half empty, half full. Yeah. And I said, well, here's what I'm thinking. They can't fire me now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do it my way. And so, you know, part of my mission in all of this is like, don't give yourself, don't let it be a hurricane that gives you permission to yeah. do it your way. But that's what it took for me. And so I really then from then on started showing up as me and leading with my heart, actually caring about the human being in front of me, as opposed to, you know, how close is this going to get me to my quota, you know, and things shifted very drastically when I really just leaned into doing it in a way that felt authentic to me. And so then, you know, I took this same approach. So no matter what Fortune 500 company I went to, no matter what product I was selling, no matter where territory it was, it worked. And frankly, it ran circles around most of the other people out there that were doing it the way they, they thought they should do it. And, you know, very few people at that point that I knew would actually lean in to their own guidance, their own intuition, and really lead with their heart. And so as things sort of progressed in my career, of course, it was like when I was like number one in the country, um, wow. there was a point where I'm listening to um, Deepak Chopra's Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. And this was like 10, almost 10 years ago. And, you know, it was like the last spiritual law is like, live your purpose. And like my ego just chimes in, in the back of my head. It was like doing it. I'm so fortunate. Like this, I found this career and I'm just a natural, you know, my ego was just whatever going off a little bit. Don't judge me. We've all done it here and there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, all of a sudden this other sort of intuitive hit was like, are you sure about that? And I was like, what, what is like, where's this even coming from? And so I leaned in. And then it just really, I was starting to have that spiritual journey and all of those things and, you know, doing coaching, mindset coaching, NLP training, hypnosis, all these different things, because I've always been fascinated with human potential and meditation became a big part of my life. And it just really opened me up to, there was more for me than even though, and this was, I was like, are you sure? Cause this is really easy and it's really lucrative and do I really want, I just had my second baby. Like, is this, do we really want to go down this road? And it turns out, we, yep, we did. <laughs> and so I started on the side, just getting different certifications and, um, you know, and even coaching on the side. And then there came that point for any other coaches that are out there where I had to figure out like who I was going to help and what it was going to really look like, you know, cause I was kind of doing yeah. a little bit of everything. Um, while I was getting my certifications more in the deeper healing mindset stuff. Right. Yeah. So I came to that point several years ago with my very first coach 
And uh, I was like, I don't know what to do. Sure. We've all heard this, right? You know, my, my genius zone is the sales thing and I know people need it, but my passion is this mindset stuff and this up-leveling and reprogramming your subconscious. I was like, how, which one, which way? And, you know, she looked at me and she goes, why don't you do both? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and that is how the authentic sales coach was born. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of us do have that. That's an aha moment, you know, um, kind of a God wink, I I call them. Yes. When you lead with that, this is a question I wanted to ask you was about, okay, leading with your, how how do you show up that way? And, and uh, it's kind of hard to sell, but when you, when you couple it with, okay, I'm going to help you sell better because of the, the approach that I'm using. And we're going to use a heart-based centered approach to, to doing it. A lot of, some of the coaches that I've met, they lead with the with the woo woo instead of the do, and the do and the woo have to be, they have to work together. And so my first question is, how do you show up with the woo and get the do? Such a great question. And you know, we we are we go through and walk through our own things because eventually we have to turn around and really teach it or share it. with somebody else. Right. And so when I mentioned all of that time where I was doing things on the side, like um, certifications and stuff like this, this being and doing thing eluded me. Like, I remember asking my mentor, I'm like, I mean, but how do you do? And you have to be, and how does it all come together? Right. Because Mm -hmm. the funnel won't build itself. Right. And I mean, of course, unless you hire somebody, but you know what I mean? Like we have to do the thing, but at the same time, you know, we also know that there's this huge, big energetic quantum soup that we live in that cannot be ignored because if it was just about taking action all over the place, every coach in the industry that's an action taker would be a millionaire, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I have found the best way to capture that is to let the doing come from the being. And so what does that look like? That looks like inspiration. That looks like you know, really being connected with that part of you that's guiding you through this process. It looks like not trying to figure it all out up here, but dropping into your heart and letting that really set the tone and guide you, whether it's creating content, whether it's getting on a discovery call or you're teaching a workshop, but letting that be the grounding center force that you lead with. And then and then the doing comes from that place. And that is where the power is. And that's where we do a lot of different exploring in my program, because some people have more woo, you know, they're like, I'm going to sit on my meditation pillow. And because I know a law of attraction, everything's going to land in my lap, <laughs> you know, and that's not really the case either. So it, it is finding the ba- the balance between that masculine and feminine and, and, and continuing to bring it back into balance. Because I'm, I am more of an action taker. I have a lot of masculine energy um, too. But I noticed when I integrated more of that woo, that feminine, the heart, it's be, just made everything so much more magnetic, so much more powerful. And people resonate with that because it's, it's, it comes from a different place. It sounds challenging to um, 
to have that much faith mm-hmm. in that, uh, in that, I'll call it the woo, because that's that's your lang- that language that you use is the woo and the do. Uh, so I'll call it the woo, but that that heart-centered approach um, seems challenging. You've got, if you're working in a corporate position, but if you're a coach or a small business owner, um, you, you've got to, you got to make payroll. You've got to, um, you know, you got to pay your bills and you've got to close clients. You got to close deals. And uh, how do you overcome those challenges as a soul led entrepreneur when you're building your business uh, and not working in corporate America for the fortune 500, which most of our, our listeners are, you know, are the solo entrepreneurs and, and coaches and uh, authors and speakers who are who are working with small teams or or just by themselves, so that they're 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 wearing all the hats, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's there's pressure and there's challenges. So what are some of the challenges uh, that that they have, and uh, how do they overcome them? Oh, that's, I love this question because it does you know this is part of what I toyed with many years ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> I understand the value of the being, but how do I make this go together? And you know. So of course, there's part, parts of our business we love more than others, right? Yeah. Like I am not the person that wants to sit down and do taxes and bookkeeping and all of that. And that is necessary. But what I would recommend and what I recommend to my clients is <clears throat> when it comes to strategy and tactics, instead of asking the question, how do I do it? How do I do it, Paul? The question needs to be, how do I want to do it? What feels like the right way? Because the truth is, all strategies work. It's the one you decide that works and resonates the most with you and feels the most inspired is the one that's going to work for you. And so what I would say to that is I'll give you an example from my own business. I don't love to write, but I'm a big talker, (laughs) right? And (laughs) so what I can do instead of sitting down to gruelly, you know, gruel out a bunch of emails is I pull out this app that I have on my phone and I talk into it and then it immediately turns it into a text document and emails it to me and an audio file and emails it to me. Yeah. And so the, the, the point in that is, you know, lean into your strengths, but don't be doing the things like an, another example. My, one of my first coaches had me blogging and I was like, see, I don't really like to write like, I don't know, you know, and so here I am spending all this time on a blog that I don't even like, like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And so it's, it's what the answer to your question is you have to really know who you are and what your strengths are and find ways to do more of that in your business. And so for me, what does that look like? Videos, podcasts, it looks like creating reels because I'm silly like that. It looks like, you know, networking, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not blogging at all. In fact, all that stuff got removed from my website. So the point is getting out of shouldville because some coach told you, this is how you have to do it in order to be successful. And these are the steps, not true. And finding your way in it by either working with somebody that can help like facilitate that, or just knowing what you need to do. And you know, the steps you need to take and wherever that little nagling is like, I'm just doing this because I feel like I should, you got to remove it. But then on top of all of that, we do have to do taxes. 
So there's no getting around that. And in those cases, you just try to make it as fun as you can. You know, like, how can I make this more enjoyable and wherever you can outsource that kind of stuff, do it. And Amen. so that's, that's sort of my methodology around, around all of this. So a mentor of mine said, uh, Ben Gay, the third, uh, he says, stay in your lane. <clears throat> yes. so, so, so I could have probably just said that. <laughs> yeah. But you, exp you explained why, uh, stay in your lane. You said uh, you shouldn't be doing the things that that you hate to do, and all strategies work. But find the one that works well with you, yeah. And and it amplifies your strengths, and you need need to recognize your weaknesses. Knowing yourself is important, uh, and so outsourcing is is not a bad thing. It's 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 great thing for taxes and uh, some managing those podcasts and launching that and writing content or, you know, helping you with content, by the way, you can, you can repurpose those videos into content on your blog if you wanted to. Uh, but how do you help your clients overcome these challenges? So, so you've got that, that philosophy, how do you help them implement it? How do you, there's probably some mindset work well, to do and how do you do that? So it really is um, client specific, right? But there are a lot of things that come up around sales specifically that a lot of people have in common. <laughs> and so, you know, as far as implementing the strategies and stuff, all of that, you know, we do very surface stuff, right? Like that's where we're just doing the doing like, all right, like let's, let's look at your offer. Let's figure out how to make this you know, are we sure that we're talking about what they really want first off? And are you talking, is it results-based? So, you know, that's just more of the stuff that probably many people here know about. Yeah. However, you know, now let's talk about, do you believe in your offer? Do you believe that it's a nine or a 10? And if not, let's talk about why. Because when it goes time to sell it, you gotta, you gotta, in, in, in order to sell authentically, you have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the person you're talking with and what you have to offer is the exact very best thing that they could possibly get right now. And if you can't speak to them from that place, then we got to go back to the offer or we got to look at some inner stuff that's going on. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, so self-worth is a big one that comes up when it comes to this piece. And, and a lot of it, Honestly, Paul, it doesn't even have to do with the offer. It just has to do with like worthiness. And, you know, a one that I work through with clients a lot is that imposter syndrome and, and just, you know, going deeper. And one of my certifications as a meditation coach is really helping them with that inner child work, because that's where a lot of this stuff stems from. And then, you know, to just kind of illustrate that in another way, another big question I get, well, what should I charge? Right. And yeah. it's like, well, what do you feel you should charge? Because the, the rule is there are no rules. I've seen yeah. all types, but the most important thing, just like the offer itself, is you got to feel that it's worth every darn penny. In fact, that it's worth far more than yeah. what you are requiring for them to invest. And so, you know, again, then what does that bring to, into play? Money blocks. And so, Mm -hmm. once we sort of talk about that, it's like, all right, well, let's dig deeper to see 
you know, what do we got going on under there? You know, like money's the root of all evil or money doesn't grow on trees, like pick your poison. We've all got it. And so we have to like remove some of those things as well in order for people to be able to like clearly and confidently communicate. This is my offer. This is what I do. Would you like to work with me? <laughs> it seems yeah. so simple, but there's a lot. I say sales is like having children. It brings up all your stuff. So. Yeah. I was going to ask about the money. Um, how do you, do you use meditation? Do you use tapping? Do you use some energy work or, or how do you help them overcome that money? I mean, uh, one of my private uh, mastermind clients in the lead machine mastermind group, uh, she was just, we were just talking the other day and um, her, her money problems go all the way back to when she was like 14 years old, just starting to drive, uh, you know, in, in having the money conversation. Uh, and that has and she's a professional. She's, you know, been international all over the world, teaching and leading teams and, and teaching people to have these turbocharged teams. And um, and yet that inner child, mm -hmm. it turns out, was preventing her from having that authentic con con uh, conversation. So how do you overcome that? Well, there's all sorts of different ways I use with my clients, but you know, one that I found to be the most powerful and the fastest is inner child work is to work directly. It's like parts work. If you can think of us as all these different versions of ourselves live within us, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost yeah. like we all have multiple personality <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when you're in that meditative state, when you're in that more hypnotic state, you know, NLP allows you to travel back to those places and we get to work with that inner child directly and we get to create a new belief. I would suspect your client probably that started even before 14, probably. you know, in one way or another, maybe she's not conscious of it, but you know, when you travel back to these places and spaces with people and say, you know, when was the first time you felt that, that lack of money? You know, it's usually like I was four, I was three, you know, or I was six and my mom said, I can't have those shoes. And because, you know, we can't afford it or whatever. And, you know, as a parent myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm messing my kids up. Ah! You know, cause we say, you know, we say those things too, like slow down, yeah. Jocelyn, you're on a spending spree, but you know, it's just a matter of really going back there and helping the child see that it's not that you were in lack. It's just that you're in that moment, you know, your mom really felt like that was not the right decision for you. Right. And so it's really about them seeing it through a more mature lens a lot of times. And then other times it is the truth in that moment. Like they were in lack and that they need to realize that they no longer are, that they can release that. So there's different things that go on, but at the end of the day, we have to let go of, you know, in order to soar, in order to float up and to be all that we're here to be, we have to let go of those, those things, that baggage that weighs us down. And so, so that's, that's a really important way. And then not to deter anybody in your audience, but I do really recommend to people to spend or not people, but my clients to spend time with themselves in quiet. You know, you can say it's meditation, it can be journaling, but 
we don't always know what's driving us because we're, we're driving ourselves around so fast that if you just take a minute and you pause, a lot of these things will start to bubble up all on their own. So there's yeah. so all, so many different things that we do, but those are just a few of, of the ones that I really enjoy um, helping people and, and in working through the resistance around meditation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, one, th one thing that I recommend uh, to all of my clients and to everybody who's listening is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And what it is basically is you take a certain amount of time, usually about 30 minutes to, um, to do these, what he's called savers. So there's, I'll think I'll, I think I can remember them. Uh, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, and scribing, scribing fit it's journaling. So take that time first thing in the morning, prepare a, a quiet place and go and and do these savers. So I, I, I highly recommend uh, you go and check him out. Uh, Hal Elrod, the um, Miracle Morning. He has a community of millions of people uh, that are doing this. He's been doing it for 15 years, I think. Uh, but uh, it's it's really helpful. And that helps you get grounded. And no matter what, it's that silence, whether it's going outside, what he does is in the morning, he's he goes outside barefooted. And, and just is one with nature, which is a great way to start the day. In northern Michigan, where I am, uh, my feet would be wet and muddy today because it's raining. But you get the, you get the point. Uh, you, can, you can be one, one with nature or you can uh, just sit and pray, uh, sit and, and have some silent time, you know, with your coffee and do some reading, whatever. If you want, if there's some things that you want to learn, you could, that, that could become part of of, of your morning routine. So I highly recommend having a, a start your day morning routine and Alexa is going to, going to, going to start my morning day. If I, if I don't say it, say it too loud, uh, Alexa start my day is starts my daily routine. Uh, anyways, getting back to that, that's a fabulous way to start your day and to get grounded and go and then tackle your day. So a lot of us grab our phone and we're, we're scrolling already before we even get out of bed. And that's just no way to live your life. So um, in, in my opinion, so what are some of the big uh, misconceptions about this heart-based selling? Well, there's, there's a few, but I want to, before we go there, I would love to respond to your miracle morning oh, and okay, give yeah. another plug for it because yeah. you know, that voice I mentioned and the opening up of my intuition and my heart and all of that began with the miracle morning. Oh, really? It began, um, with my version of it. Right. But just yeah. taking in that intentional time each day to connect with myself and to let, you know, me decide, um, you know, how I wanted to walk through my day instead of just being in total react mode towards everything all the time. And so I, couldn't recommend it more like some, some way to ground you. And now I do it with both of my girls. They get up and we have meditation or, you know, whatever it is, quiet time. And, um, but it's just that time for you to be with you. And it, when you do that, it's incredible how so much of you expands. It's just, it's such a powerful time. So I just wanted to say that before we move on, because I, I find that, so important in, in all the ways and, you know, nature, 
grounding earthing, which is what, you know, going outside and doing that. It's so, it's so primal and so important. And we've gotten away from it so much, you know, I was yeah. watching a documentary about earthing, which is just walking around barefoot and just all the free radicals and how we're not ever connected anymore that people yeah. in, you know, cities may not touch the ground for years, you know, because they've got rebels, rubble, forever, ever rubber souls <laughs> say that five times fast. And, you know, they just, they don't ever do it. So anyway, um, just wanted to bring even more light to that because it is something that really cracks people open. I guess is the best way to put it in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. And Hal also has a uh, podcast, which I'm going to plug it's achieve your goals. And my brother, Richard um, recently had open heart surgery uh, and there were some complications and he was, he was afraid, but then there was a complication, which really, really was afraid. And I, I had been listening to a, an episode of Hal uh, about what to do when you feel like giving up and, um, and, he pointed out one thing that I'm going to share is that we, these fears that we have are fears of a possible future that may never happen. Yes. And so I was feeding my brother daily texts and, and uh, I went to visit him in the hospital and was there for his second surgery uh, to, uh, to just lift him up. I was sharing scripture and I shared that the episode with Hal Elrod and I've been doing that ever since. Um, and it's helping me because I, I'm, I'm also use that's part of my morning routine is that scripture and sharing that with my, with my, him and my, my other, some of my other close friends. Uh, but that really, he, the other thing he, that Hal said was we, um, we have to, uh, feed ourselves positive thoughts. So instead of talking, thinking about what could happen in the future is what can I do today to optimize the way everything is, how I'm going to approach today and, and live, live through the day. And, uh, at, at one point, Richard finally said, I've got to get rid of these negative thoughts, negative thoughts. And, uh, and I knew he had turned the corner and he, he's doing great. And he's, he's, uh, he's healing on, on the mend. Uh, so anyways, absolutely positive mindset and uh, miracle morning routines and, um, not being afraid of what's going to happen in the future. Let's, let's work on today. And of course, plan, you've got to have plans, uh, and you've got to execute them, but work on them today. Yeah, absolutely. So, Being so, present is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. So um, we were just saying, <laughs> what are some of the biggest misconceptions of heart-based selling? Well, so there's a couple of different ways I want to take this. I think one of the most unfortunate things is there's a lot of people in the industry promoting it. And then you get inside their programs and it's essentially lipstick on a pig, right? So now okay. people are confused because it's like, wait a minute, you told me that I was going to learn another way, but I'm still feeling really sleazy here. Like this just feels wrong and manipulative. Like I'm sort of lying. I'm faking scarcity or, you hmm. know, I, I don't know. Um, so that's probably got people confused a little bit. And I will say the other thing, the most challenging thing about this is, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, negative thoughts and, and, and what I like to call a lot of that stuff is, is our ego. It's our part of our persona that likes to keep us safe. And yeah. what it does is it, it's a program that we've all been programmed somewhere along the way. And it teach it wants us to stay comfortable and small. 
And it makes sense because if you think back, you know, thousands of years ago, like you didn't want to take risks, right? Like yeah. taking a risk might get you eaten by a tiger. And yeah. so let's stay small and come and, you know, we don't want to be uncomfortable as much as our whole life is uncomfortable. So when we can be comfortable, let's stay there. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, and that's its job because it wants to keep you from dying. I mean, that's essentially it. Unfortunately now though, um, it's, it's, um, intention has gone, you know, run amok. Right. And so now it's no longer just keeping us safe from tigers. It's keeping us from following our dreams. It's keeping us from putting ourselves out there and wanting to be visible. It's keeping us from being able to have these sales conversations because, yeah. um, we get so attached. And so if for anybody that's listening and trying to understand more about this ego thing, the language of the ego speaks in forms of like control and attachment. Like I need this to go my way or else yeah. it speaks into you in that doer mentality of I make everything happen. It's all on me, you know? So that that's for all you doers out there that are just like burning the candle at both ends just, and nothing's working. Right. It's because your ego is just fear is driving that to a degree. Oh, and that's yeah. where we have to open up to co-creating. Right. And not, I make the whole thing happen. That's, that's a total sidebar. And then the other language of the ego is lack, like scarcity. Like I don't have enough. I'm not going to have enough. You know, I got to get mine. And, you know, those are all, again, if you think about those, those are, those are ways to protect you in a lot of ways. So point in all of this is we have to get to know that in the sales process, right? Particularly that attachment piece, knowing that that's the ego that's feeding you like, Oh, you know, you got to do this. If you don't do this, you're not going to make the money. If you don't make the money, you're going to end up in the van down by the river for any right. old school Chris Farley fans out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we have to learn through cultivating awareness when that starts happening and how to breathe through it, because that is what really separates other than your approach and the fact that your intention is totally different. Right. But it's, it's anti-pressure approach versus the pressure approach that 99.9% .9 of people teach out there. And to be able to hold that, that takes some, that takes some inner work because that ego is going to swoop in there and start saying, if, Oh, this isn't cool. You didn't say the right thing. Oh, you better close the sale or else. And you have to learn through a lot of the methods that I teach how to manage that in a sales call, because you, know, you can be as heart-based and, and as loving and as intentional as they come. But it's, if that, if you let the ego come in and start running the show, you know, it, all of a sudden it's fight or flight, you know? And when you're in that energy, nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying needy, desperate girl at the bar energy. So we have to learn how to manage it. I mean, I wanted to break that down. I know that took a while, but people get so mad when I say we have to practice non-attachment. So I want yeah. people to really understand that. And what does it look like? It looks like being neutral and staying curious and leaning into a degree of trust that the right people will want to work with me. I don't have to pressure them into it. I mean, we've all had those coaches we've been with and we're like, you're my person where, tell me where to sign. And so we have, when we can position, when we keep our ego out of it and we keep our agenda out of it, then we get to show up as who we are 
and then the people that we're meant to work with will absolutely, it will be a no brainer. And so it doesn't have to turn into any convincing, any high pressure, any of that. And so to answer your question, that is, that is the most challenging part is to learn how to manage that while you're in, in a, in a high pressure situation, sales or otherwise. Yeah. And when we focus on what we don't have, uh, we tend to tend to continue having, not having exactly. what, what you have and being attached to that sale, uh, really, really, uh, it turns you into the sleazy salesperson. So yeah. even yeah. the most in, well-intentioned person, yeah. when they get fear behind the wheel, you know, it'll be like, well, what about, what about this? Like, how about this? Like what, you know, what, and, and you can just feel I, I, even when I mentored in the field way back when. I would watch reps go from like having like a really solid conversation to stepping into fear. And you, it looks, it feels, it smells different. And so yeah. you have to learn how to manage that. Yeah. And earlier you, you kind of mentioned it, but I'll ask you about it. Uh, you talked about, this is what I do. This is how I can help you. This is the result that you want. Um, this is how much it, th this is the investment. Um, would you like to work with me? So you, you, you said it perfectly. What, is, what is your go-to, I'll call it a close because you got to close sales, no matter how, how heart and transparent and authentic you want to be, you've got to close sales. So I believe, um, and again, Ben Gay, the third uh, taught me this was that you need to have a sales process and we all do. And really that comes down to a script. Okay. And, um, you can use a script being heart-based, I think. Uh, you can have a certain method to your close. You, you've, got to, you've got to be able to present your offer in a way that resonates with your uh, client, with your, your prospect, and uh, communicate and articulate the value that you're going to provide in a way that says there's really no other... There's You're going to convince them by showing them that there's really... You know, we've covered all the things of all the things that we've covered today. You know, this is probably goes back to your, your high pressure selling, but how do you get from, okay, this is what we do. And, you know, okay, this is, this is how to work with me. How do you, how do you do that? Well, so I, I take a little bit of a different approach and it's probably just because I had handed so many scripts over the years yeah. <laughs> that I never could use because they weren't me. And for me, and what I recommend is when, when you are trying to do it a certain way, like, and say certain things and you get really heady, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, that didn't come out. And so now you're really more focused on getting it right than you yeah. are the person in front of you. And so what, what I really, um, try to coach my clients through is, you know, it's really just having good open-ended questions and deep listening, right? So that's the first piece. And so then uh, to answer your question, what is the transition from fully understanding where they are to where they want to go to then show, okay, here's what I do. It, for me, it's very simple. It's thank you so much for sharing all of this. Um, I completely understand where you are. And I really appreciate you going into so much detail with me about it. And I've helped so many people just like you. Would you like for me to share how I do it? Yeah. And now you've asked permission, which is another thing that people don't talk about, but you really should ask permission to sell. 
And when you don't do it that way, or you bait and switch, which a lot of coaches teach, like do a discovery call and then turn it into a sales call, right? No, because people need to know what they're signing up for. And trust is everything in sales. And if you break that trust by them, all of a sudden, we've all been on those, like, where's this going? Like, I thought I was signing up to get on here to hear about something. Is is this person starting to sell me? Like, this is, whoa, 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 you know, and we've all been there. And so you have to be very intentional about that part. And so asking permission is a great way to do it, just like I shared. Um, And so, so that's really how I do it. And then if, you know, if they say yes, which they inevitably do, because if somebody says to you, I can help you, I know where you are. You want to know how I do it? Yes. So pardon me, I'm getting over a cold. And so, and then from there, you just really launch into the benefits, the benefits of your program. And the reason I like, I want to highlight that is Alex Hermosi who I agree with him on many things, but not all things, Um, but this I do. And I like to use it, but I want to give him credit. I bet you he's not even the one that came up with it, but that's beside the point. And that is benefits are the, you know, it's the whole sell the vacation, the benefits, not the plane ride, the features. And so when you are going to share about your offer, I see a lot of coaches go, well, this module will do this and this module will do that. And you're going to have a Facebook group but they want to know like that's selling the plane ride, right? Like here's what we're going to have to do. It's a whole bunch of work. You have to go stand in line at the airport and then there's security Mm -hmm. and you got to get on this plane and it takes a long time. But whereas you want to be selling the results based and that's the vacation. So it's like, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to be on the beach. You're going to get to go to that waterfall we talked about, right? You also, I know you mentioned how you love Mai Tais. Guess what? I know of the place where they have the best Mai Mai Tais in Hawaii, you know, whatever it is, but that's where you're focused. And so many people forget that because they don't care how they get there. They don't want to hear about the plane ride. They just want to know what it's going to be like when they do and that you can get them there. And so that would be one other piece I would throw in where people could probably um, look at their own process and say, am I selling the vacation or the plane ride? Mm. Yeah. So I think we're just about at the top of the hour uh, or the top of our time together. Anyway, uh, thank you so much with your final words as you wrap up, what are three things? And I think we just covered a few of them that our (laughs) listeners can do today to put these ideas into action. Well, I think the first thing is to connect with themselves and have a really open and honest discussion about the parts of their business that they're doing out of like shouldville, like I have to do this because somebody said I have to versus I want to do this. This is how I choose to do this. And then, you know, once you go there, it's, it's really then more about leaning into the joy of it all. Right. So then once you know what you don't want to do, what does light you up? Like, how do you want this to work? And, you know, back to that whole, don't ask the question, how do I do this? How do I want to? And start to really lean into your strengths and give yourself permission to do it your way. And then beyond that, I would say number three, I think it's really continuing to lean into your heart in the whole process. 
and knowing when you get in your ego and starting to notice, oh, there it goes. It's trying to take control and learning how to cultivate enough awareness that you can start to take that control back because, um, you know, and, and that really does begin for me. It began with the miracle morning. So anything like mm. that, but I would say those are, those are really great places to start because we can say it's all tactics and strategies, but at the end of the day, any successful entrepreneur will tell you it was 80 to 90% mindset that got them where they want to go. And yeah. so that needs to come together. And then whenever you do take the tactics and strategies, they're so much more powerful. Yeah. And I like what you said about the start with the, those benefits when you're transitioning into that, into that mode where asking permission and then, uh, leading with the benefits and connecting with what their desires are in that process and say, this is what Christian Michelson says is, is you need to speak the language of clients and the language of clients is results. They want to hear what result you're going to help them get, not the plane ride, you know, not how you cook the steak, you know, you want to sell the sizzle, you know, how, how, what, what they're going to get from working with you. So I think that was, that's a, a, a real solid approach. And I know a lot of people teach that, um, but working that and combining that with, with the, the, the genuine authentic conversation, uh, does make a not a lot of sense. So thank you so much for being here. And, uh, our guest today, Jana Nixa has a special gift for you. Thanks for, for waiting with us, uh, staying, sticking with us this far. Uh, so take the, what, Am I missing in my biz quiz, the reset to soul quiz and you find out where you might be stuck and you can get that at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash Jana quiz. That's J-A-N-A-Q-U-I-Z. That's www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash Jana quiz. And remember faith and action go hand in hand. So keep the pedal to the metal. And until next time, on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon and Jana Nixa. Thanks so much. So long for now. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. And enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.